What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. for He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. The hits literally keep on coming from one boxing event to the next. The growing excitement and anticipation. And this weekend is no different with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the ring Saturday night. There is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users a shot at turning $1 into $55. To celebrate this weekend's huge event, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering new users the opportunity to get 55 to 1 odds on either main event fighter to win this weekend's fight. That's bet $1, and if the fighter of your choice wins, you win $55. Plus, with basketball and hockey playoffs right around the corner, DraftKings Sportsbook has even more ways for you to make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe secure and reliable meaning you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience download the top rated sportsbook app now and use promo code thpn when you sign up for a limited time all new users can bet one dollar to win 55 dollars on this weekend's main event that's right DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them the chance to win 55 dollars when placing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to New York. This is is the the Devil State State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Devils fans, it is your boy Neil Villapiano, and welcome back to another thrilling edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast, right here exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up to date news and topics going on about your New Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day 
wherever you're listening to this episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I personally cannot tell you how much I am grateful for all of you. I really do appreciate it, folks. I think the Devils last week heard me being super negative and saying, we're not going to win another game this year. And I mean, to be fair, there was some reasoning as to why I said that. I'm sure a lot of you could agree, but they must have heard me because the Devils all of a sudden have not only won a couple games in a row, but have looked good in some aspects doing it. And for the second consecutive podcast, all games that we will be covering in this episode were all W's and we have a bunch to talk about in this episode. We're basically just going to be covering the two games that happened both on Thursday and on Saturday. We'll also be giving you some updates with some of the rookies on this team, considering that they're making some pretty big news in the NHL. And we're going to be looking to basically now this is the final full week of the regular season as we have a couple games this week, and then we finish up with, I think, just one more game uh, next. I think it's Monday or Tuesday. So, unfortunately for us, as you know, being Devils fans, our season is coming pretty close to the end, but the team is definitely trying to finish the year on a high note. So, we have a bunch to get to, so let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So we'll start with talking about the Devils game against the Flyers back on Thursday. It was the third of the four-game series, if you want to call it, against the Flyers. The second game at home, the Devils coming off of their first victory in, in 10 games. They finally ended the losing streak on Tuesday, as you know from the previous episode. And, you know, it was great to to win that game. And honestly, for the first time in a long time, I felt pretty confident. Uh, with this Devils team going into this game because it just seemed like that the Devils started to really outplay the Flyers. And it almost felt like to me that the Flyers, I don't want to say really packed it in, but I think considering the situation that they've been in, 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 in some cases, the way the season has gone, especially the last month or so, I think that, uh, you know, they didn't have as much energy going into this one. But the Devils had a lot of energy, not just because they're coming off a victory, but once again, we have another Devil making his NHL debut. This time, and this is a very anticipated one, this is defenseman Kevin Ball's NHL debut, the six foot seven left shotted defenseman who the Devils acquired the previous season at, well, not at the trade deadline, but at the basically the halfway point of the season or in December in the Taylor Hall trade. And honestly, when you look at it from the prospect standpoint, he was the big guy involved in all of this. Now we did also get Nick Merkley, who has been a really good energy guy, but Kevin Ball was the guy that we were all looking forward to seeing play when he got his opportunity. Now, obviously, statistically speaking, Kevin Ball has not had the world's most fantastic season, but again, you know, he's, he's continuing to learn how to play professional hockey and go from there. And look, Tom Fitzgerald knew at some point, especially because out of all the position groups that we're, we're really you know trying to fix, the defensive side is definitely the one that we're working on the most. He wanted to see what he could get out of Kevin Ball. Now, I think he's already signed to his entry-level deal, so honestly, I don't expect him to miss any games or be prevented from playing any games for ELC purposes, but I could be 
totally wrong. Um, I think Devils fans would just like to see him play the rest of the games this year since we only have, well, now we only have five or six left. Yeah, five uh, left. So, you know, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. But obviously this was a, a big thing for the Devils. Uh, he also becomes the eighth different Devil to make their NHL debut this season. We, we've had a ton. We've had a ton. Look, we, we again, well, let's 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 not forget here that we are without a doubt the youngest team in the National Hockey League. A lot of guys are getting top six or top four uh, pairing minutes in the NHL, and they're playing in their first year in the league. So obviously, there's there's going to be a lot of pressure. There's going to be a lot of just you know jumping right into it. And I think for the most part, uh, these guys have done the best they possibly can in the situation that they've been in. And mind you, again, this is not a full regular season. By the end of it, it's only going to be, you know, just over 50 games, you know, so that we're missing 30 plus games out of what would be a normal regular season. So it'll be interesting to see how the team evaluates everybody. Um, and maybe they'll do more projections from, you know, oh, he got 20 goals uh, in a 50 game season. How many would he have gotten in an 80 game season? So like you look at Miles Wood, Miles Wood's got 17 goals. He's three away from 20. I think if you look at it from, you know, an 80 game standpoint, maybe he's pushing 25, 26, 27 goals, considering how he's been playing and other guys like Sharon Govich and Kokonin. But again, back to the main point at hand here, obviously another exciting debut. And this one, obviously you couldn't, you know, miss seeing him on the ice being six foot seven. I don't even remember the last time we had a defenseman this big. And, you know, look, we're going to talk about him a little bit more as we go through these games, but I will say from my own eyes over these last two games, he has been just really, really impressive to see, you know, with his long reach and the things he could do and the fact that he could be very physical, being as big as he is, well over 200 pounds. It's exciting because it looks like he could really be maybe that other top defenseman that we need to pair with Ty Smith or to have on that second line pairing, wherever we pair him with, but still really exciting for Kevin Ball to be making his NHL debut. Now let's kick into the, the game itself. And we'll start with the first period as the Devils, you know, got themselves the lead a little bit more than eight minutes into the game as Sharon Govich got the puck on the right side and he took a wrist shot that got through the left arm of Alex Lyon and into the back of the net for the Devils to get themselves a one nothing lead. Now for Sharon Govich, that's his 13th goal of the season. And the Devils just continue to all of a sudden be really lethal on the power play. And I remember Steve Cangelosi said, he goes, where was this power play? Now he was, he was being funny, but I'm sure he was also being somewhat serious. It was like, where was this all year long? We're finally starting to see this team gel, particularly on the man advantage. And of course it's with only six, seven games left to go in the year, but I guess it's better late than ever, right? I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. But most importantly, the devil scored, took advantage of the power play and grabbed the one nothing lead. And Sharon Golvich has just continued to be the biggest surprise of any player on this team. We, we knew the type of damage he was doing in the KHL, and we were very, very interested to see what he can do here in the NHL. And, you know, he got off to a really hot start, then for a while, he kind of faded, but especially over the last 10, 15 games, he's really start starting to stand out and not only make noise with the Devils, but make noise around the NHL when it comes to rookies. So this is something that, that is really, really intriguing. And he is proving, Sharon Govich, that, this, that he could be a top six winger for a long time 
considering if he continues to progress the way he's been progressing. And the Devils continued, in my opinion, to really dominate that first period. They struck again on the power play with about four and a half minutes to go in the period. And it was just, it was an absolutely beautiful play. It started with Ty Smith behind his net with about 50 seconds to go on the power play. He brought it up, you know, up the center of the ice, made a nice pass to Kwokunen in stride, deep a little bit past one defender, made a nice pass to Severson who was streaking down the right side. And he saw Sharon Govich was crashing to the net. So Sharon Govich, so Severson made a nice little pass to Sharon Govich, got it on his forehand, went through his backhand. And it was basically like what you'd see, like, you know, when somebody gets their ankles broken in basketball, you know, he just, he's going one way, the ball or puck is going the other way. And that's what it was. Sharon Govich just lightly taps it in and boom, it's two nothing. Devils, Sharon Govich getting his second of the game, 14th of the year, and the Devils grabbing a multiple goal lead. And that's where it stood after the first period. And, and I mean, again, you're just seeing a team that looks a lot more confident. They believe in themselves. They believe in what they're doing. And that's really important. And look, guys, I know that obviously there are things about losing our last four or five games, you know, tanking to try to get better odds to get the first overall pick. But let's talk about that really quickly here. The thing is, is that the two years the Devils got the number one overall pick, 2017 to 2019, they didn't have the highest odds, okay? Like Colorado in 2017, it looked like it was all for sure that they were going to get the first overall pick, and they went from one to four. And the same thing happened again in 2019 as well. So here's the thing, especially because this is not, you know, this draft class here in 2021 we don't really know who's going to be the number one overall pick. We don't have as much information on prospects. It's much more of a crapshoot than it has been in other years. And honestly, I am so tired of weight of constantly being like, oh, let's just focus on who we're going to draft. I want to see this team finish this year on a high note. And I think there's a lot of Devils fans out there that want to see that as well. And that's what we're seeing in this situation. We're seeing a team playing a lot more confidently. And we want these, these young guys to finish the year on a high note, to have something to take with them into the offseason, to look at and say, okay, how can we build off of that and move from there? In a period like the first period in this one, I mean, that, that's exactly what you want to see. Now, going into the second period, the Flyers were able to get some momentum back on really, honestly, some BS. And it was Flyers winger Scott Lawton was able to get himself a breakaway shorthanded to cut the deficit to one, but what happened was that the Devils had the puck in the in the offensive zone on the power play, and somebody wrapped the puck around the boards and was hoping that Tyson would be on the left. Well, he had to kind of hustle to that side because I don't think he was expecting it. And the referee ended up being in the way. He had to leap over the puck, and Smith was expecting to have his stick right there where the puck was, and it ended up passing Smith, and Lawton was able to just get it himself and go in for an easy breakaway gone so obviously it was a frustrating one the ref getting in the way but that's hockey for you I mean it really there is very little you can really argue with that it was a nice goal nonetheless you know Lawton caught Blackwood down on all fours and just went top shelf and Flyers were able to cut the deficit to one but just 90 seconds later the Devils responded with another beautiful type of goal and it started with Kevin Ball was able to do a good job to whack the puck out of midair to avoid the Flyers getting a breakout. And it came back onto the blue line on the 
flyer side. Moltsev had it, just kind of lightly dumped it into the zone, but Nick Merkley and Boquist skated in and created a two-on-one opportunity, and Merkley, without any hesitation, made a great pass to Jesper Boquist for the one-timer, and he ripped it past the goaltender Lion into the back of the net, and the Devils regained the two-goal lead at 3-1. to one. It was a beautiful one-time slap shot by Boquist, top shelf over the goaltender's right shoulder. For Boquist, that's just his third of the year, but most importantly, the Devils are back up by two at this point, making it 3-1. to one. And I will say this about Jesper Boquist. I read something recently how he says that he feels way more comfortable in the NHL than he did the year before. You know, obviously he was another one of those guys that we had a lot of high hopes for. And there were times where he really kind of struggled early on in the year. I mean, pretty much everybody did, but he struggled a lot. But every time he went back down to Binghamton, he seemed to ramp it up again. This year, again, struggled a little bit, got to a slow start. But I feel like as the season has progressed and he's gotten more and more games in the NHL, he's starting to really create him, you know, create himself into a really solid NHL player. And I think that's what we really just want to see from another one of the many painfully young players we have on this team. And, you know, Boquist, he's somebody that I still have pretty, you know, high hopes for that he can be, you know, at worst, a bottom six scoring winger. I mean, at, at worst. And if that's what ends up being, like he's the third line guy, I, I honestly don't have an issue with that. I think that that is totally fine. And I like the chemistry he's built with Nick Merkley. Those two guys seem to be doing really well together. And I'd like to see Lindy Ruff continue to play those guys together. But we know that the Devils will make a lot of changes, you know, in basically every game for the most part. But I would like to see that connection remain the same for as long as possible, or at least for the rest of the season. Fortunately, the Flyers were able to respond to that goal and once again cut the deficit to one. And it was a nice play where Justin Braun had the puck. It just came back out to him at the top of the point. He took a semi-hard slap shot, but more or less he was trying to get the puck to Sean Couturier, who was all alone in front and just an easy tip in. And the Flyers made it three to two. And for Couturier, that was his 15th goal of the year. And if I didn't mention it before, I'll mention it again. Scott Lawton's goal, which made it 2-1 to one earlier, that shorthanded one, that was his eighth of the year. But it was 3-2 Devils going into the third. So, obviously, there was no guarantee, as we've seen in many other games this year, that we were going to find a way to hold on to this victory. But the Devils came out, and I felt like that they really settled down defensively. Again, not wild that it felt like that they were kind of just falling back on defense automatically trying to protect the one goal lead. But even so, they did a good job of really preventing the Flyers from getting some really great A chances. And they eventually got rewarded because with 6.45 to go in the game, Pavel Zaka came down the left wing, took a wrist shot that beat the goaltender Lion short side, and the Devils regained the two goal lead at four to two. And for Pavel Zaka, that actually is his 13th goal, which ties his season high. So Zaka needs just one more goal to make this his best season from a scoring standpoint, which is not a surprise because this has been, without a doubt, Zaka's best season, and it's not even a full 82 games. So that kind of that kind of tells you uh, the type of work that Zaka's put in this year to really elevate his game, which is something that's really great. Now the Devils 
were able to score an empty net goal a few minutes later when the Flyers pulled their goaltender. This was by Jesper Bratt. So all of a sudden, we're now scoring empty net goals when we couldn't even buy one for not only this season, but it felt like for so many years, every time we scored an empty net goal, it was just like the craziest thing because we just don't do it at all. But Bratt was able to get this one. It's his sixth goal of the year, and it's 5-2. to two. And, and I would say, honestly, the end of this game was kind of like, the highest of highs followed by not really the lowest of lows, but kind of a frustrating scenario. And it was Yegor Sharangovich was able to create a two-on-one shorthanded and had all the time in the world. And he took a wrist shot that actually beat the goaltender, but didn't beat the post. It hit the post and it stayed in play. The Flyers came back the other way and Travis Konecki took a wrist shot that honestly I think Blackwood should have had but he let it slip by him and the Flyers scored on the power play and cut the deficit to five to three for Konechny. That was his 10th goal of the year, but Sharagovich was just inches shy of getting his first career hat trick, which would have really been something to see. But unfortunately that was not the case, but the devils would hold on and win this one five to three. But the best thing that happened at the end of this game was this. With the loss, the Philadelphia Flyers were officially eliminated from playoff contention. So it's nice for us to be the reason that a team does not make the playoffs. And especially against one of your rivals in the Philadelphia Flyers, that is great. So that was just the icing on top of the cake, or the icing on the cake, basically, or the cherry on top, to what was really just a tremendous victory, two wins in a row, Two wins in a row at home, two wins in a row at home with fans. It's just, it was just a great feeling to see, to have and to see this team find a way to get a well-deserved victory. And I thought it was very funny how Yegor Sharangovich was talking to the media after the game and saying basically that his wife told him that he needed to score more goals. Sure enough, the next game, he gets himself two goals and nearly a hat trick. So you know, sometimes, sometimes the wife knows what she's talking about. So, you know, that, that's a life lesson to a lot of you, uh, you men out there, including myself, even though I'm a, I'm, I'm a very single man at the moment. But enough about my, my social life. Anyway, let's shift over to the Devils game against the Flyers on Saturday. Now I'm recording this on Sunday. So this game happened yesterday. If you guys are hearing this on Monday, it happened two days ago. I don't need to tell you that pointless information, but I told it to you anyway. But the Devils coming into this, looking for their third win in a row, which I don't even remember the last time we won three in a row. Maybe it was when we just came back from the COVID outbreak back way early in the year. And it feels like months ago, like four or five months ago, that we had that situation. And it's crazy to think about how we've actually, you know, been, we've actually, you know, been playing for this long. I mean, we're into May now. I mean, this is the first episode of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And, and in a normal season, considering how the season is gone, we would only be doing one episode a week and not really talking about Devil's Hockey. But hell, we're in May and we're uh, we're talking about Devil's Hockey, which is kind of a cool thing. And hopefully we talk about that more for seasons to come as this team gets better and better. But the Devils came out like a house on fire right away. And exactly five minutes in, Jesper Bratt, took a nice wrist shot from a far angle on the right side that hit the glove of Brian Elliott, then hit him in the mask and went into the back of the net. 
I, I don't know if Brian Elliott necessarily mishandled this puck or it's just a bad break. But neither way, the puck ended up in the back of the net and the Devils took the one nothing lead. Jesper Brad, his seventh of the year and goals in back-to-back games. Most importantly, a one nothing lead. And even more importantly, for Kevin Ball, in just his second game, he got himself an assist on that goal, which gave him his first National Hockey League point. So congratulations to the big man, Kevin Ball. And if I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, every single player for the Devils that has made their NHL debut has gotten their first NHL point. I believe that is true. Yeah, there's no student each. Tice Thompson had only one point in playing a couple of games. We know Nolan Foote got a couple of points earlier. And obviously guys like Sharon Govich, Ty Smith, Kwokinen, you know, guys like that have been playing up with the big club all year long. So they were eventually going to get it. But I mean, it's great that every single player that we've called up or has been given an opportunity to play in the NHL for the first time has at one point or another made a contribution to the team. That is a great thing. This is where it kind of gets a little bit strange. Um, A couple minutes later, uh, the Flyers had the puck in the offensive zone. They threw the puck from behind the net, and Sharon Govich was trying to clear the puck out of the crease, and he ended up appearing to have knocked the puck into his own net. And I was going to make a funny tweet, or I was in the middle of tweeting out something funny, but actually the Devils decided to challenge the goal. And when they showed it on replay, the puck actually never crossed the line. It was on the line, but it ended up staying out. And I don't know if you want to say that was a great save by Mackenzie Blackwood or whatever you want to say, but the, but the referees came out and they ended up saying no goal. And I said, that was a great challenge by Lindy Ruff. You actually got to give credit to Mark Recchi for that because he was really banging on the board saying, we got to challenge that. That's not a goal. And it was really funny because You know, the Flyers acted like they scored. The Devils acted like they scored. The ref just kept pointing down, and he was right behind the net. And I don't know how he could have said definitively that was a goal when if you go on the replay, the puck never crossed the line and it was never it. So I don't really know what he was seeing there. But it doesn't matter. The point is, is that the Flyers did not score. And the tweet that I was going to put out about Sharon Govich, I'd say, good news, Devils fans, Sharon Govich scores again. The bad news is this time into his own net. And it was frustrating in the heat of the moment because we have seen that happen several times this year and several more times the last couple of years with this team that it's just vindicative of the Devils the last couple of years. But, hey, look, we got a little bit of a break. Ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of luck. And that's where we go from there. And that's where it stood at the end of 20 minutes, it being one to nothing. And the Devils wasted very little to basically no time to get themselves a multiple goal lead as they struck 52 seconds into the period after Jack Hughes went around the boards, made a nice little deep from the left side, saw Quokinen wide open on the far right side, made a nice pass, Quokinen won the one-time slap shot, and he beat Brian Elliott's short side and scored to give the Devils a two-goal lead. For Quokinen, that's his seventh goal of the year. Jack Hughes continuing to put on a show And it really is amazing how this guy, even when he doesn't freaking score, he still makes just phenomenal moves. Or when he doesn't get points, he just every game. And you can see how he's starting to get better and better with each game that goes along. And I wanted to mention something about Jack Hughes. MSG showed this statistic, and and this is kind of, 
again, this is kind of one of those statistics where we're trying to make it, trying to make Jack Hughes look even better. And it's understandable. They had a statistic last night that said missed shots that hit the post this season entering last night's game. And there were four players on the list on the list at fourth was Austin Matthews with seven. Nathan McKinnon was also at, at seven. Leon Dreisaitl had eight and Jack Hughes had eight. So considering who the other three players are, it's pretty good company for Jack Hughes to be a part of. And I think he ended up hitting another post later in that game. So he might now have nine or close to 10 uh, in, in his, this season. So it shows you just how close he is to really breaking out. And this is where I go back to begging and hoping that ownership allows Fitzgerald to go out and spend money to get, you know, impact players that are going to help a guy like Jack Hughes and help a guy like Sharon Govich, help a guy like Nico, help everybody, help these young kids in general go out there and, you know, really do some damage with guys that can finish and get the puck in the back of the net and help other guys score more. So it just goes to show you how much help guys like Jack Hughes really need. But that was a pretty fascinating stat that I wanted to share with you guys. Now, here was another play. It didn't result in a goal, but it was just a hell of a play, individual play by Jesper Brad. It was about halfway through the second period. He made a great move to get past the defenseman. He had a beat on him, used the power move, went all the way from his right to his left. He caught Brian Elliott down on all fours. He took the wrist shot. He had clearly beaten Elliott, but it hit both posts and went out. So it was an unfortunate situation for Jesper Brett, but it was a hell of a move. And I shared it on my, on the devil state of mind, Instagram story for the, basically the season. I, I try to give you guys as much, uh, much activity as possible when I can, especially when I'm watching these games, but it was a great move by Jesper Brett. And I would say, you know, he did have a goal and he was, he was tremendous. He could have had a lot more. This was honestly Jesper Brett's best game all season. I mean, he was flying and all of the video that I'd seen during the off season of things that he was doing, it, it was just tremendous to see him really moving and grooving in this game. This, this was a tremendous game for him. So we go into the third period, Devils still up to nothing and looking for more. They took a penalty and this was kind of the, one of those moments where I was like, okay, we got to find a way to kill it here. We can't allow the Flyers to get back into this one. And Nico Heischer went above and beyond that, created a two-on-one opportunity going the other way, took a wrist shot. It was a beautiful one. And he was able to snipe it past Brian Elliott to give the Devils a 3-0 lead on that beautiful shorthanded goal. Just a little over five minutes into the third for Nico, Captain Nico. That is his fifth of the year. Most importantly, it's 3-0 Devils. And for the first time, I think, all season, I felt pretty confident that we were going to win the game at that point because you looked at how the Flyers had done in this game and they had a couple of really good spurts where they were getting a lot of good pucks to the net, but Blackwood was so much on his game that, you know, on Saturday that I felt very confident that we were going to find a way to win. We were, we might've given up a goal or two, but we were going to find a way to win the game regardless. But what I really liked from the Devils, even after grabbing the 3-0 lead, they really just didn't let up. They continued to put pressure. They continued to try to create chances. They pretty much were doing everything to score as many goals as possible to ensure that we were going to win this game. And the Devils were able to add one more as the Flyers turned over the puck, trying to wrap it around the boards in their own zone. And Jack Hughes came off the bench, threw the puck to the slot, and Sharon Govich on 
a little bit of a one-timer, more of a wrist shot, was able to get it, snipe it past Brian Elliott, and score to make it 4 nothing Devils. And for Sharon Govich, that's his third goal in two games, his 15th of the year, and I think that was like goals in four of his last five, I could be wrong, but great play. Jack Hughes getting his second point, second assist of the night. He had himself a really good game, and the Devils made it 4 to nothing. And at this point, the biggest question was, could the Devils finish the job and get the shutout for Mackenzie Blackwood? Well, the Flyers decided to be really freaking lame as Joel Farabee came down the left side and took really, honestly, a tremendous shot from the left side, top shelf over the glove side of Mackenzie Blackwood and Farabee getting his 16th of the year, which I think tied him for the most on the team for the Flyers. And he broke the shutout, making it four to one devil. So obviously it's frustrating for Blackwood, who hasn't had many shutouts this year. And considering how well he was playing in this game and all of the point blank saves he had to make, it's just that, you know, it, it had to be a shot like that, where most times goaltenders are not going to make that save. Um, that was going to be the only way the Flyers could score on that night. And, and that's what they got. So it's frustrating, but nonetheless, the Devils still ended up winning this game by the score of four to one. And for the Devils, here are some, I guess you would say like news and notes or just notes from the last, from this game. And also just in general for the Devils this season. So with that win, the Devils made it three wins in a row, which I think the first time since mid-March, I think that we've won three in a row, which is phenomenal. With that win, we actually ended up winning and clinching the series, you know, season series over the Flyers, finishing with a five two and one record that is phenomenal that is our second series or season series win of the year we won the season series against buffalo with a four three and one record the devils now going into their next matchup against the bruins have 109 points by rookies this year which is clearly far and away better than any other team in the nhl better than ottawa who i think only has 89 or 90 at this point and here's something talking about rookies for this Devils team. The Devils have three rookies in the top 10 in points. Yegor Sharangovich is fourth in points with 28, and he's tied for third in goals with 15, and he's in eighth place in assists with 13. Yanni Kwokinen is sixth on the points list with 24. He's tied for third in assists with 17. And for Ty Smith, who earlier on this year, a lot of people were actually wondering if he could really make a run at the Calder Cup for uh, Rookie of the Year. Uh, he kind of fell off a little bit, but that's okay. He's a young kid. He's still learning. But even still, he is in seventh place with 23 points and is second in the NHL for rookies in assists with 21. And that makes more sense considering the fact that he is a defenseman. And then here's something else that I wanted to quickly share with you guys when you look at what the Devils have done in these last three games against the Flyers, they have scored goals of six, five, and four. So because of that, the Devils finish these last three games outscoring the Flyers 15 to eight. So not only are they winning these games, but they're scoring a lot and they're getting empty net goals, which obviously a lot of people look as garbage goals, but still nonetheless, for them to be scoring the way they've been scoring is just phenomenal. And the last time they scored two or fewer goals was the April 24th loss to the Penguins uh, when they lost four to two. So 
I mean, I mean, it's great to see, you know, these things for a couple of reasons. One, again, like I mentioned before, the team is trying to finish the year on a high note. We're on a winning streak. This is important. I want to see this winning streak continue to build confidence for this team to hell with wherever we finish when it comes to the draft projections. Could care less about that, honestly. And really, you know, that's just what I want to see. I'm, I'm loving that we're finding ways to get the puck in the back of the net. I want to see some guys like particularly Miles Wood. I would love to see him find a way to get those last three goals over these last five games to get himself to 20. Cause I think with how hard he's worked, that would be great. I'd love to see Zaka get to 15 goals. That would be phenomenal. Uh, you look at someone like Nico Heischer. I mean, I don't think he's going to score five goals in five games. I mean, he very well could, he very well could, and that would be phenomenal. Um, but you know, there's a possibility. You look at Sharon Govich. Let's talk about Sharon Govich really quick. Sharon Govich has 15 goals. Again, do I think he could get the 20 goals in the next five games? He very well could, especially because he scored three in the last two games, has really been rolling of late. But if he can get to 16, if he can get to 17, 18, I think that would be phenomenal. So again, just to see these guys really growing together and trying to finish the year on a high note is good for the fans, the players themselves, the coaches, management, and even ownership, because it starts to make these guys start to say, hey, Look, we just need some more help here. And again, the Devils need to spend about $17 million just to get to the cap floor. So they have to spend money no matter what. Um, I'm not saying that they're only going to spend $17 million, but they do have to at least spend that. So it'll be very interesting to see what the Devils decide to do. And a lot of this, these last five games are going to be about evaluation from the players we have now, what can, what. You know, what guys are going to be out there in the free agent market and trade to improve the team and go from there? We know that MSG uh, yesterday on the pregame show, Erica Walker and Bryce Salvador talked about some specific targets that the Devils could go after uh, in the offseason who are going to be free agents. Not surprisingly, they mentioned all the guys that we had traded, which I don't really see the point there, except with me. Well, I do see the point, at least with Kyle Palmieri and Kulikov, not so much Zajac, but that's my opinion. But nonetheless, it's just been great these last three games to really, really been ramping it up and really just playing well. And I'm really hoping over these last five games that we find a way to continue to play well, win a couple more, and just finish the year on a high note. And speaking of the last five games, let's quickly look at it. Because like I said before, this is the final full week of the regular season for the Devils as they only have one game the week after this one, their last game of the season is on Monday, the 10th in Philadelphia. So they'll look to try to finish um, the season series, you know, continuing to do well against this Flyers team. So let's see how they do in that last one. But going into this week, we have back-to-backs. Obviously, if you're listening to us on Monday, we have a game tonight against the Boston Bruins. Then the very next night, we're playing Boston again, back-to-back games. And then we play two games against the Islanders, first on Thursday night and then on Saturday night. And then, like I said before, we wrap up the regular season with the final game of the year against the Philadelphia Flyers in Philadelphia. And one of the reasons why these next four games are so big is because of this. The Bruins still need to get, I think, at least one more point to clinch a playoff spot. 
So there is a very outside possibility that they could still maybe fall out because the Rangers would have to really ramp it up over these next couple of games and the Bruins would have to completely collapse. And the Devils can put them in a lot of pressure by not only beating them, but winning those games in regulation so that they don't get any points. And then you look at the Islanders, they're also, they clinched the playoffs on Saturday, beating the Rangers. They're looking for a positioning, you know, for trying to get the top seed in the East division. So do I think most likely the Bruins will clinch the playoffs, you know, this week against the Devils? Probably, you know, even if they get just one point in these games, I mean, all they need is one point, but what I would say is that the Devils have to look at these, these next five games, these last five games, and know that they're going to be put to the test, particularly these four when it comes to these guys. They're not going to be resting players. They're going to be trying to go out and try to do as much damage as they can. And that's what the Devils have to expect. And they have to come out like their careers depend on it, because in some cases they do. But not to get all cynical there, it's about just going out and competing and making it really hard on these two teams that are facing Boston and the Islanders. Let's really kind of, you know, let, let's put a lot of pressure on these guys. Let's really screw it up a little bit. Let, let's get crazy. You know what I'm saying? Let's get, let's get going here. And look, these next two games against Boston, they're the final two games at home this year. And we know we're not going to get the 10 wins at home this year, but it would be great for the fans and for everybody if we could find a way to win these two games at home, finish the year winning four in a row at home, which would be phenomenal and going from there. And I know that just seems like a lot to ask considering what this team has done this year, but if you, but I firmly believe that if we keep playing this way, we are going to be very tough to beat over these last five games. I really do. And look, if we do win at least one of the two games against Boston, we, we can't lose the season series, by the way, even if we lose these two games, but if we win just one of them, we win the season series against the Boston Bruins, a team that most likely is not only going to make the playoffs, but it's going to be a Stanley Cup contender. You know, obviously making the moves that he did at the deadline, getting Taylor Hall, and considering how Hall has been playing of late, you know, this is, this is something that, you know, would be such a big morale boost for this team because if they do win one of those two games and win the season series, we will have finished this year, albeit towards the bottom of the NHL, but winning a season series against three different teams in our division. Buffalo, which obviously Buffalo is going to, you know, Buffalo is Buffalo. The Flyers, who, you know, had high expectations but fell off at the end. And then the Bruins, who are probably going to make the playoffs, which is great. Sort of these three teams that we can win a season series against, winning, you know, winning this season series against Boston would be really huge. I don't know necessarily if we can win the season series against the Islanders, but again, if we could somehow, somehow win all four games this week to, Win those games against playoff contenders, Stanley Cup contenders, it would be a tremendous feat. And again, all this comes back to let's just try to finish the season on a high note because I think that Devils fans, the players, the coaches, everybody just wants to see that. So, look, obviously I have been very negative the last couple of weeks considering how the team has been playing. I'm just happy that this team has given me something to be really excited about, hopeful for, and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, the ownership finally decides to do something about this and starts to really help this team take that next step to eventually becoming a team that we want to see compete for a Stanley cup. Cause that's what we want to see at the end of the day. So, you know, tremendous week past week, tremendous weekend 
uh, for the Devils. And let's try to really get going here in this final full week of the regular season and finish the season, like I said before, on a high note. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, where, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind, and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S Pain, 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 The Agony and the Ecstasy, Nah, No Ecstasy, of Being a Jets Fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know anything we could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone, one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, 
please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Man, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!